Gotta end the disclaimer. It messes up with all my fault. Yeah. I'm in the blame. Okay. Last time we left off. It's been a while. Last time we left off. We were discussing the notion of expecting revelation. <coughs> Let's just go over that equation real quick. And then we'll move on. So the equation was as follows. If you recall, we said, you owe me a what's it? I did. Oh, I look at my phone. The equation was that there is this point of origin, which we're going to call God, okay? And that point of origin gives rise to existence as we know it, okay? Science tells us what about existence? Science tells us what it is. What and how it is. What it is, how it works, okay? Now, here, at this point between existence and God, we have a question. What is the question? Why is there something instead of nothing? That's the question, okay? So this is, why is there something instead of nothing? Is that a scientific question or a religious question? Religious. It's got to be a religious question, right? By definition, a philosopher could say, okay, why did that happen? A scientist does not match of the question why. He may be, he'd say, like, okay, I, I could, as a person, I could appreciate the question why, but not as a scientist, okay? In other words, when a scientist is asked why, what are they really saying? Uh, what caused this? Right, what, what caused this, or how does this work, right? They're not asking the philosophical question of why is there something instead of nothing. Which means that if God indeed created the world for a reason, we don't know what that reason is, but we're going to assume that this why has a reason. Okay? So far so good? Yeah? Now, the question is, two ways of understanding that reason. Two ways of understanding that reason. What are the two ways of understanding that reason? One would be what we'll call internal, okay? Meaning, you can look at the thing and understand the reason, or it requires an external revelation. So let's play it out. If you had a dirty room, okay? You have a dirty rug, and on that dirty rug is dirt, yeah? And you have this device. Now, you don't know what this device is, but you see different things. So, for example, you see outlets, and you see that the device that you have has pieces that appear to fit into those holes. What might you naturally do? You might see if it fits. Now, let's say you do that, right? Nothing happens at this point. You start fiddling with the buttons on the machine. What was that? Correct, like an escape room. You start fiddling with the buttons on the machine. What happens? The machine turns on. Okay? You start testing it out. You pull the plug out. The machine turns off. Now you know what? What do you know right now? Naturally, without any revelation. If you touch those buttons, it goes on. I need to be plugged into the wall, and I need to press that button in order for this machine to do something. Now your only question is, what does the machine do? So let's say you saw that the machine started sucking up the dirt, and what went from being a uh, dirty carpet is now a clean carpet. What would you say about the nature of that machine? That's a vacuum cleaner. How do you know that that's a vacuum cleaner? Because you saw it work. In other words, it could be that there is another purpose for it. But right now, you would feel confident and comfortable to know that at least one purported purpose of this machine is to clean up the dirt. That is what we're going to call an internal, it's not really a revelation, but it's an internal expression of purpose. Right? Now, is it possible to use that machine 
knowing what you know in the way that's not the most effective way to use it. Meaning, is it possible to look at a vacuum cleaner and think to yourself, that's something I could balance a cup of coffee on? Yes, it's possible. Why is it possible? Because I could, just because I can use it for that, doesn't mean it's the object's best use. But it'll work. Why would you not, naturally, without any revelation, why would you not look at a vacuum cleaner and think to yourself, that's probably for coffee? Uh-huh. In other words, when you look at the design, that's what's critical here. When you look at the design, the design itself tells you that there's something about this machine that seems more sophisticated than just a resting place for coffee. The fact that it has wires, the fact that it has buttons, the fact that it has electricity, it tells me there's something more going on. So could you use it for that? You could. Should you use it for that? It's not really what it's designed to do, okay? Now, here, when we speak about an external revelation, what's the difference between that and internal? Play it out before we, before we talk about what it actually is. Let's see what you think it is. Yeah? The difference in, I would think that um, in one, like, you know for sure, in one, you're just charged, like, Okay, in other words, when you have an external revelation, the creator of the thing is telling you, this is what I designed it for. Is that what you were going to say? Okay, so in other words, I can look at an object and I can naturally say, by looking at the object, this is what the object does. Okay? Say that there might be more features that I have not yet discovered, but at least I can say. With an external revelation, what do I know for sure? I know for sure that the intent of the creation, right, that in other words, it maybe could be used for more than that, but at the very least, the creator intended to create that vacuum cleaner to be a vacuum cleaner, and not to be more than that, right? Make sense? Everyone clear on that? Okay. If you had to choose, what would you say would be a more effective way of communicating purpose? And don't say one or the other. Tell me, I want you to present arguments for both sides. Kushni. I would say external, because with internal, it's, it's objective, and they can just like, get it completely wrong. And then you're, the, it appears like, oh, and that's not at all what I want you to do with that. And then, you could have. And then, where's the... A bunch of zombies, y'all say I'm me. The, um, I don't even know if the, I don't even know, I haven't even spoken about religion yet. Shalom was like, I'm not saying I'm The, um, so it goes, so you're saying very well. In other words, you're saying like this. You're saying when there's an external revelation, right, I know for sure I have clarity in the purpose. Yeah. All encompassing clarity. You're you're taking a chance if you if you Right. Maybe in other words, maybe that's what I think its best usage is, but perhaps yeah. there's another usage that I don't know. Very fair point. Tobia? Maybe internal could be better because you could say that everyone's here for their own purpose, everyone's here for their own reason. Okay, so. you're getting a little too frum for me. Define it. What do you mean? Um, in other words, you're saying look at the internal, what does that help you do? If you examine the internal, let's say without external, just looking at yourself and you say, I clearly have design. Right? What would be the value of looking at your design? Over other people's design? No, just in general. We're trying to figure out the purpose of that design, like why you created it. I think you're saying similar to Tubi. You're saying, in other words, without looking at the cosmic universe for a second, I could look at my design and say something. Okay, but what are you saying? Define it. Yeah, Abe. Is internal is like your truth? You're, you're all hovering around the same thing, just defining. That it's, that it's true to you. The other one, it could be your external Okay, good. In other words, so Kushner comes along and he says, yeah, the best usage of the vacuum cleaner, I know the best usage of the vacuum cleaner is to be a vacuum cleaner. Why? Because the creator of the vacuum cleaner told me the best usage is to be a vacuum cleaner. Very fair. 
right? On the other hand, Abe comes along and Toby's coming along and Bibi's coming along and everyone's saying the same thing. They're saying, yeah, but that seems to be generic. Whereas now, I have my unique individuality, right? And what I'm trying to establish is not just purpose in general, but I'm trying to establish my unique purpose. Okay, fair point. But is there something even generic about looking at the entire human experience and just wondering on an internal level, is there something valuable about that without external revelation? Like the journey of the process of, of like finding it? Oh, it? yeah. So is there something so inherently you, valuable about that? So I guess if you find it with yourself, then you feel more connected to actually... Okay. So this would be the difference between the teacher teaching you the information and you discovering the information. So for example, do you guys know how they teach math in China? It's amazing because they're doing all these studies now because the Chinese kids are so far superior in math to the American kids. So they're doing all these studies as to why they're doing it so much differently. My wife is a mathematician, so that's why I know this. Um, and she told me an amazing thing. What do they do? Math teachers in China don't teach equations. What they teach is um, methodology. So it's like, this is how you would solve a problem, right? And then they give the kids the problem and they let them go through the journey of figuring it out. What happens is they're more adaptable to figuring out. Let's say an American kid is going to look and say, I've seen equations like this before, so let me plug in the answer or the solution that I know, right? Whereas Chinese kids are looking at it totally differently. They are starting from the ground up. They know the theory. They understand how it works. And they're naturally teaching themselves, not the teacher teaching them. They're naturally teaching themselves how to discover. So there's value in the process of discovery. Let's do the following. If you had to, let's, let's ignore external revelation for the rest of this class, okay? External revelation perhaps is possible, but not yet necessary. If you looked at the design of humanity, okay? If you looked at the design of humanity, what would you say the features are? Remember, when it came to the vacuum cleaner, we had the plug, we had the switch, we had the fact that it sucked up air. What are the features of the human experience, the cosmic experience, whatever it is you want to say, that would tell you something about its design? Ellie. Okay, number one, we have intelligence. Very important. What, is, what does that tell you? That we have the ability to do what other can do. Okay, so you're looking at yourself and you're saying, as I look around in the world, right, hum, human beings different than animals. Animals have instinct, have instinct. human beings have intelligence, right? Okay. Flowers have some sort of biological, right, intelligence, but it's not conscious intelligence like a human being, right? The Earth certainly has no level of intelligence, right? So you're saying right away there's a distinction that a human being has an intellect. Now, do you know anything about the purpose for which you were created based on the fact that you have intellect? Right now, let's leave it as a question mark. Ellie says it's a question mark. Maybe it will be, maybe it won't be. Yeah? Going on what he said with intellect, we could find the internal meaning and not only the external Great. So you're supposing, you're saying perhaps... It's not just a question mark, but an intellect allows you, what do you want to call it? What would be the word? Pursue meaning? Yeah, pursue. Yeah. Pursue meaning, okay? And also, I would say another... What's another feature? I'd say emotion. Emotion. But you guys are only dealing with, right now, the human experience. I want you to think more globally, because I don't just want you to ask it. Remember, the question today is, why is there something instead of nothing, right? So. God, we're calling God X, right? So God, existence came into being. There's a purpose. There's a reason. We're looking at the internal. Right now, for the humans, we can at least say 
There's intellect and emotion. Abe. What do you mean by that? No, that's not external revelation, because external revelation would be from above. You're examining your own physiology, but you have to tell me what it is about it. Um, or you could do like, there's tangible and intangible physical things for us. Because there are things like DNA is a physical thing, you just can't get into Okay, so, but let's take DNA, right? In other words, you are a living, breathing what? what would you, how would you describe that? Your code that creates new code, right? And, right, that's, that's good for you, you like that, right? That's, what are you? I'm just code, I'm code that creates new code. Here's the point I'm getting at, maybe I'm reading too much into what you're saying, but what I, re- what I really want you to get to, and this is what I'm pushing you guys to, is if you look at this world, if you look at this universe, one thing above all stands out. We're alive. This entire thing sustains life. That's going to be very important. Shlomo. I was going to say survival. Survival, yeah. Sustains life, survival. That's the number one feature. But every animal has an instinct to survive, so it doesn't really separate humans from other animals. But remember, that's exactly why I was saying I don't want you focusing just on humans, because this question is not, why did God create humans? What's the question? Why did God create anything? Why is there something instead of nothing? As we look, as we take an inventory of the talent of this universe, looking at humanity, we have intellect, emotion, right? But ultimately, there seems to be some drive in this universe for life. What it's, what it's uniquely designed to do is to sustain life. That's something we know. But looking at a person, you can't base off of that that their instinct is survival. No, I'm not saying a person. I'm saying I'm saying everything. Though. Everything exists, and it exists in a way that's balanced for it to continue to exist. I know, but like if like an outside observer not knowing this, and he were to look at any person here or anything for that matter, he wouldn't think right away that it's survival. Yeah, but the good news is that we're not any person. We've been living it, right? You've been you've been a part of this something, right, for 18 years, and what do you know about yourself? Alive. You're alive. That's a fact. I'm like, like, pain to like, guide us toward, like, or if you think that, like, Okay, and so in other words, it's not just an instinct during survival. It's not just designed, it's not, it's, it's actually designed to sustain life. Yeah. So pain, for example, tells you, stay away from that thing because that thing doesn't sustain so like, life. Like, usually pain are things that are bad for our survival, mm-hmm. and like pleasure usually things that are it's usually good for, good for our survival. survival. Yeah. Right, or I'll give you another one, right? An apple. When you hold an apple, if its if its peel is brown, what does it let you know? Don't eat the apple. If its yeah. peel is appealing, I didn't mean it to be a pun, it just happens mm. to be. I really didn't mean it like that. I'm not that much of a Rebbe. Yeah? <laughs> if, if the peel is appealing to you, what does it tell you? It's naturally attractive and it says, this yeah, yeah, sustains yeah. life. Everything about this world is going to get there. Yeah? See, now you lost me. Because that's super from. That's super from. You're right. I believe that. Right? And maybe we'll get to that. But you're getting to the essence. And I'm not at the essence yet because I'm going to maintain that essence requires an external revelation. So I'm impressed that you got there. But I don't think we can say that purely from an internal perspective. Not yet. (coughs) I think perhaps when you get an external revelation, you can put all the internal revelations in context, as we shall see. Yeah. Avram. Avram? Yeah. 
Well, I remember there was no external revelation before Avram Avinu started. When Avram Avinu started, it was a purely internal revelation. It was a purely internal thing, right? It wasn't until much later that supposedly God revealed Himself to Avram. Now, I don't know if He did or He didn't, okay. but the myth is because we're involved, we're involved in evolving mythology here, right? The myth is that Avram Avinu looked at the world himself and everything around him. He said, "Why is there something instead of nothing?" And this is where he ended up. Because of all those, or more? We'll see. Not done yet. Ezra. Communication. Yeah. In society, mm-hmm. human society itself, we really um, evolve around our communication. In other words, what's another way of saying that? We're social. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, you've been hanging out with me for too long, right? But yes, ultimately. A social community hopefully will create an, an intimate community. I would agree with you, but not yet. So I know that we're social. Do you know why we're social? I think it's survived. Okay, in other words, you're, you're pulling it all back. I've got intellect, I've got emotions, I'm a social animal. Everything is going to revolve around sustaining life. That's the goal of living. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. What was that? Correct. In other words, from a purely internal revelation, what you, what, you, what you would know if you examine the talents of the design is you say, this machine is designed to sustain itself. Right. That's what you would say about it. The goal of the most primitive is to keep living and then make more of that. That's right. That Just code thing. creating more code. For sure. Yeah. But we still haven't answered one fundamental question. Why? The strangest thing in the world... Do you mind if I start? Do you yeah. want to go one more? No, I was just going to say something off of what Akiva said. Yeah, what are you going to so say? You, when he said soul, you said that would be external. It would, it's too full. I would say it's more internal because external just whatever's there. And then that, this is like a soul would go along with the intellect and emotion and everything, which is internal. Yeah, but... Like looking the, more beyond the... Can I ask you a question? You're, I'm with you 100% because I actually... I 100% believe what you believe, but I just want to know one thing. How do you know to identify intellect and emotion with soul? Who told you that a soulful person is an intellectual person and an emotional person? Who told you about nefesh asichlis, for example? Right? That's only because there's a concept of external revelation where some rabbi already taught you that. No, you can just say, okay, fine, so skip the rabbis and go back to what he said, with, let's say Avram or whatever. Yeah. Then, so Avram's soul was internal, then you would take his no one taught it to him. We'll see. We'll see. Last one. <coughs> Because uh, like external revelation actually brings in the word soul, but gives you something to dislabel it. That's right. It doesn't mean it's not there internally. Of, of course, I agree with you. But it's one of those things that I required an external revelation to know that that was the technology of language that I was meant to use. In other words, if I can remember, I don't know anything about the vacuum cleaner, right? I'm a neophyte. I've never seen a vacuum cleaner before in my life, so I'm not familiar with all the gadgetry that make up a vacuum cleaner. Now. I have what's called now. I, I've got an instruction manual, right, where the creator of the of the of the vacuum cleaner told me that this is the engine, for example, of the vacuum cleaner. I didn't know that it had an engine. I just knew that I plugged it in, I flicked that switch, and then dirt got sucked up. I didn't necessarily understand the mechanism. And even if I took it apart, I wouldn't necessarily know what to call it. Soul is a technology of language. It came with external revelation. It's a very good point that you're making, but I but your language is is uh, impacted by years of yeshiva training. Yeah? Fair? Okay. The problem is this. Let's say you went 
to a, um, let's say you went to one of these high school uh, competitions, like one of these science competitions. You guys ever uh, see that? What do they call them? The Westinghouse Science Competitions? They have that still? Many years ago they had that. It was a kid in Rambam. They still have that sign. There's a big sign hanging up in Rambam for years. Kid won a Westinghouse Science Competition because there were tires, I think they were Firestone tires, that for whatever reason were losing their tread and they were very dangerous in water and snow. And this kid actually came up with a solution and he won the Westinghouse Science Competition. It's like the biggest thing in the world. He patented it. He's set for life, this kid. He doesn't need to work a day in his life because he's got the patent on fixing all tires. Like, it's an amazing patent to have, okay? He was like 16 when he did it. It's classic Rambam, right? So, uh, just like you. Just like you. Yeah. Just, like, just like me. <laughs> we were in the same place in high school. So, um, if you went to the Westinghouse Science Competition, all the judges are going around, and everyone's presenting their, their, their invention, right? So somebody presents, uh, my invention cures cancer. Another person presents uh, my invention cure, you know, cures, uh, fixes climate, con- you know, climate change, right? If they were going around, the judges were going around and saying, and the guy comes and he goes, I invented a machine that sustains itself. What do you think? How's that guy going to score? 100. No. It's 40 because it's right? just, just there to be there. He's going to get a zero. Why would he win? Okay, let's let's say that it's not that. Let's say he's just got a machine that whirs and 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 you know levers move and and, and you know uh, pulleys move and the whole nine yards just plugged in. He didn't he didn't go against the laws of conservation matter and energy. So he's not, like, it's well, pointless. Else. That's exactly right. So we're stuck now. You guys hear that? Oh, you just saying because the life on Earth is here just to be here and it just... Everything we just said came down to my intellect helps me sustain life, my emotions help me sustain life, my social community helps me sustain life. Everything I do helps me sustain life. What's the one thing we didn't answer? Why in the world would you create a machine like that? The goal of the machine is to sustain life? That doesn't make any sense. There's something fundamentally off about internal revelation just by itself. I can't arrive at a meaningful conclusion. That's my thesis for today. Now try to beat me up on it. Yeah? All right. Um, the question I was going to have is that, let's take the same science competition. You have a guy who says, he's a machine that sustains itself. If it's because the machine that sustains itself, the machine that adapts to changing times. You could say, this machine that will last, I don't know, millions of years, and whatever happens in the world, my machine is going to be able to adapt, and it's still going to work, no matter what happens. Work to do what? Cool Very cool. I, admi- I admit, it's exceptionally impressive that you've, man- that you've managed to create something that can adapt to no matter what's going on around it, it can adapt over time to be able to continue to sustain itself. And perhaps that technology will be meaningful if I have a machine that actually needs to be sustained. And so. Wait, wait, do you get that? Yeah. That's really important. In other words, I'm, I'm, I'm with you 100%. This is all really impressive. Right? And if I took that to another technology that was purposeful, it would be really amazing. So for example, if I had a car, and I told you, I'm going to give you a car that will be forever. It's the eternal car. You buy it once, you're finished. It's a $100,000 purchase, and you never have to think about it again. And, and no matter what the weather condition, no matter you get to an accident, it sustains itself. It will always adapt. That's impressive. Why? Because I want a car. Yeah. But you've created a machine that does nothing except adapt. 
Maybe, but that's not what we're talking about. And as we're talking about a purposeful existence, not a purposeful existence for something else that's purposeful. No, but like the cage with um, the. Wait, 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 let me let me get there one more time. Yeah. Okay, so your answer. Let's just let's just play it out there. Your answer as to why, when you look at this and you look at the world and you say, okay, so everything here is designed to survive, right? So then your your answer is, so maybe the creator, the reason he created it for was what? Some cruel vision of uh, of. What was that? The Hunger Games. Yeah. Yeah, the Seder. It's, 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 it's a possibility. Let's, let's acknowledge that it's a possibility. The reason God created the world is because he just wanted to see what would happen. And frankly, like, you see the ultimate during our intellect, which shows that we're rich. We evolve and have intellect and our own. Yeah. What does that gain? And, and why does he do it? Because he's cruel. It's not a good purpose. I'm not saying it's a good purpose. I'm just saying it's not great. It's not... That's exactly the point. I agree with you. From an internal place alone, you would totally have to speculate as to why he did it. I have no idea why he wants to sustain life. And since I have no idea why he wants to sustain life, I can say whatever I want, including he's this cruel Hunger Games type of God. I agree. Yeah? If internal revelation is insufficient, then how is Avram able to... Great question, but you're already talking about the external revelation. I'm not holding there. I remember, I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't gotten there yet. I'm just trying to see... If we could knock out one side, Ellie. Um, I think this is the point where people start kind of incorporating religion um, into, you know, into life. Like people try to like put them together so that you know the first part, of the first half is everything you just said right now, and then once you get to this point, you just put in religion right <coughs> then, and then. I agree with you 100%. Let me just spell out what Ellie's saying so that we all get on the same page. Then I'll get to you guys. Three of you, yeah? Ellie's jumping the gun a little bit. I'm with him. And he's saying as follows. This universe is not like the vacuum cleaner. Because I can infer everything I need from the vacuum cleaner. (coughs) When I take an inventory of the talents of this universe, I fall short. And therefore, now I need something, one cogent equation. We'll call it the theory of everything, okay? One cogent equation that's going to take all of these things and give a reasonable reason why it actually happened. So far, we have the theory that God created the Hunger Games. But at this point, you would naturally look towards an external revelation to get your answer to that question. I'm with you. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Loud. I'm a little deaf. I'm saying that I know two things. I know the existence came from something, and now I'm asking a reasonable question, philosophical question, why is there something instead of nothing? When I look at the design of existence, it's clear to me that there's purpose. Now I want to know... Why is that design a purpose? Two, po- two possibilities, internal or external. Internal, we can take an inventory of the talents, but we seem to fall short as to why those talents are there. That's all I'm saying. Like when a little child may have like, lost and built something. Yeah. Just, no, no, that's, it's, it's a reasonable... Building something, something. Right, so you're saying... The theory is that it's building. 
Right, I agree. And if we had something very simple that did not have massive amounts of design, I would probably argue with you. I would probably agree with you and say, I don't know, it was just like a game, right? Right, and forget God is advanced. Existence is advanced. We're perfectly situated between the sun and Jupiter with the perfect amount of moon in the perfect orbit to sustain life. That doesn't seem like just throwing some blocks on top of each other. My son plays with magnetiles. It seems a bit more sophisticated. I agree. Right. Right. Because my kid has a desire, I'm with you, to sustain that tower. Maybe there is to him. No, but isn't playing a purpose also? It's something. No. Yeah. Um, but can you, like, it's not completely, but can you, can you infer from that that, like, okay, maybe it would be bad to hurt other people's existence, maybe it's just bad to hurt other people's bad, or something I should kill somebody, or I should hurt Why? Somebody. Why is it bad? Especially if that ensures my own survival. Is it, if, I, if my purpose is, is to, um, survive and I like surviving or like then I could I could make an inference that like okay, you probably also like surviving so we should try to survive together so so just not even that just because like okay I, I would be mad if someone tried to kill me so um, I, I know that he's gonna be mad if I try to kill him and um, there, there's like a gap there of, yeah like, of, like okay so why do I care that he's mad but um, no, because the truth of the matter is that the people that we look up to in this world are the people that don't make that equation, right? So, for example, when you, looked at, when you look at the great CEOs of the world today, they're actually not interested necessarily in the other people's survival. What they're really interested in is maximizing their own chances of survival. It's why they're amassing the amount of stuff that they are. Yeah. Yeah. A few things. One is you said that maybe playing in itself is its own purpose. Don't get into that. That's going to be a deep conversation no, no, that we're going to get to. Just, just for a second, because then you could just say that if, let's say, this world is created for the Hunger Games, that could just be something out there doing it for fun for itself. Yeah. So, that's a reason. Again, I said, saying, I, said I, I, yeah. I don't think it's the reason, but it's at least a reasonable possibility. And the second thing I was going to say is that it could be that we're looking at it wrong. Okay, tell me how. And really, the internal, the external is everything we just listed. And then the internal is what he said about going towards religion. I, I think you're just confused in the way that we're using internal and external. When I say internal, I mean internal, like I'm internally discovering. I agree with you that these are all external things. I'm saying the discovery is internal. Meaning nobody came from the outside and told me. Oh, uh, that's what you're saying? Yeah. Last one, then we're moving on. Um, the whole question of why involves some type of thinking behind it. Why couldn't it just be a supernatural unthinking cause? Okay, so when you look at the supernatural unthinking cause and then you see plan, purpose, and design, that doesn't link up. In other words, um, if I was unthinking, sort of like just doodling, right? So then what comes out of my pen has no design to it, right? There's, there's, no, there's, there's nothing, there has to be no thought, right? Because if there's even some thought, something is going to happen. So when you look at exceptional design, what would you naturally conclude? Designer. Right. And not just designer. Purposeful design. Thoughtful, conscious design. There's also, though, the thing is, there's like hundreds of millions of plants that just life isn't sustainable on. If you put enough plants out there with enough 
possible leads. Agreed, but we agreed, but we, we, we answered that question already, right? We've already gotten to the point where we understand that there was a first cause. Right? Yeah, but you're, you're moving from the first cause to a first cause that wants there to be a purpose. Yeah, but I would turn exactly what you said on its head. In other words, Shlomo, I would say if I have this entire cosmos, and of all of the entire cosmos, right, one of them sustains life. That to me is like, that's, that's the unique point within the, within the tapestry of existence. And as that would be where my focus is drawn to. What you're doing is you're looking at all the other things and you're saying, okay, ascribe purpose there because they're clearly not sustaining life. I'm with you, great question. But that doesn't take away from the fact that one of them sustains life in an exceptional way. If you give like a monkey a typewriter and you give it an infinite amount of years, and eventually comes, up, comes out with Shakespeare, you're not gonna say the monkey's smart. I agree. I don't think there's anybody that thinks that even in an infinite amount of years, the monkey would come up with Shakespeare. I don't think so. Yeah, but again, there's so many possibilities in this universe. You know what? I'll take your argument and I'll turn it on its head again. I agree. It would require an infinite amount of years and an infinite amount of time to do something that random. Yeah, fair. Okay. <laughs> we ended up at the same place anyway. Yeah? Um, I mean, it's, hard, it's hard to, you know, I mean, I obviously agree with you, but I'm still trying to... Yeah, no, knock me, knock me around. I love right it. Right now, we have people that God is just playing with... Yeah, but that's my point. I want that to be the case. That's exactly the point. In other words, that, what, he's right that God, that maybe this is just God's Hunger Games. I'm with you. That's all you could say from a place of internal revelation. I'm taking an inventory of the talents of the universe, the talents of the human existence. I'm, I'm looking at why, and you're coming up with a fairly absurd reason, but you're saying, again, it's, it's, it's not illogical. I don't, think it's, I don't even think he believes in it, right? But it's, it's not illogical, you're saying. You're saying, look, if it's designed to sustain life, it sustains life. So, ergo, what do I know? God wants to sustain life. More than that is speculation, right? Though you would agree with that. More than though you would you agree with that? More than that is speculation. You don't actually know. You're just speculating. So yeah. So God wants us to sustain life, and therefore you can tell you, okay, I'm not going to kill life. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So like you could have some moral bounds. For sure. Okay. But I have. I still don't. I still don't answer the question of why. But if you. Wait. Yeah, but I don't know why God wants me not to kill life. Could you use your intellect to like extrapolate more and more? Like, can you, like, like, okay, if there's a God, and I say that God's perfect, then you like, have one, like, okay, God's perfect, so you have to be giving, and like, extract from that, like... Yeah, but you said God is perfect, and I'm not up to that. I know, so I'm saying, like, could you use your intellect to, like, to, like, um... um yes, you like, could use your intellect to look at something and say, it seems that modesty is a critical component of sustaining life, ergo modesty is important. You could, you could establish a moral code that way, but it doesn't answer the fundamental question of why. Yeah. Well, we we don't really just die, right? In other words, we're we're code creating more code. Then why does why does some code expire and some doesn't? Good question. Actually, that's not a good question. That's a great question. Can you reframe that question? Because if you reframe that question well, that would be amazing. What do you really mean to say? Some code dies and some code doesn't. So what does that tell you? Then there has to be some sort of purpose. Why would you get rid of it? 
<laughs> can I rephrase your question for you? Because it's going to be I'll really important because that's the punchline. I'll give you one shot, but then I'm going to do it myself. Why is yeah? some code had, why does some code have a better, what's in that specific code that's lasting longer? What's the survival in that code that the other code doesn't have? Missed Ready? This is the punchline that I wanted to get to today, so you set me up. Why suffering? Do you get it? Really your question is, is why is there suffering? I can look at all these things and I can say the entire world is designed to sustain life. But there's something that's off about this world. There's exceptional suffering in this world. Any human being that's examining on an internal level all of the talent of existence is going to encounter one fundamental question. Why is the world broken? That's really your question. So one second, this because this is super critical now. Yeah? Up until now, we've been talking about everything that's good about the world. But what about this category? I don't even have any room for it. Just put it over here. What about all that's wrong with the world? Why is that a powerful question? One second, before you hit me. Why is that a powerful question? Let's understand and appreciate it. Ellie. should be no what? There should be no... If everything is designed to sustain life... There should be nothing that doesn't sustain life. Right. And yet there's massive amounts of suffering in the world. Whew. Okay, I open the can here. Abe. That means either we're missing the purpose, it's in the, the incorrect purpose, or the, the thing that, like, it's not filling its purpose. Agreed. Agreed. In other words, this runs so contrary, this question is so profound, and it runs so contrary to everything that we see about the world that's positive, that one of two things are possible. Either we're missing the purpose and suffering is a critical component, or the machine is broken. Or is it our fault that we created suffering? Yeah, or we did it. Right? We messed up the machine. Except we might be the machine in this case, a little bit more complicated. Yeah? I think this goes right back to the hunger games, right? Okay, because like, you with human suffering is a result of other humans. You could say, like, on um, this slavery, one group said, hey, you know what, let's win this thing. Let's subjugate another group of people, make them suffer, and show that we're dominant. Right. You want to use like, disease, like, you could make the argument that it's a bad code or something. I mean, like, well, that's this point, right? Let's make it Let's make it. easy, right? Let's not keep it complicated. Because yeah. um, when we speak about, like, you know, let's win this game, right? So yeah. that's slavery. But death is not necessarily a function of slavery, right? Cancer didn't create no, slavery. The machine, the, machine, the machine gets better over time, though. It's not evolution. Right. So what's happening now? The machine's still working on itself. The machine's still working on itself. Why? It wants to get better. Why? So eventually it can be able to always the same life. Why? No, it's perfect. You see how you're stuck? No, you're not really ascribing... You, no, earlier you ascribed purpose. You said God wants to see who's going to win the game. One group, I mean, if you go by, by this theory who's going to win the game, one group is eventually going to win and find a way to keep, keep themselves... Why would an infinite first cause, why would a God do that? To amuse himself. That's your answer. 
No, it's not a good answer, but it's at least a hypothesis. Yeah. Okay, but the point is that you appreciate at least the question of suffering. You had to end up in an absurd place to answer that question. Yeah. Okay, good. That's all. <laughs> uh, I, I, I got to answer the question before we leave, and we have one more minute. Would you guys mind asking me after class? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. So there's a medrash. There's a medrash. It's a very profound rabbinic statement, and it goes as follows. Avram Avinu is walking along, and he sees a palace on fire. And he calls out, and he says, isn't anyone going to put out this fire? And who's the owner of this palace? Why isn't the owner of this palace putting out the, uh, putting the palace, why isn't he putting the fire out? And then the Medrash says that the owner of the, of the palace sticks his head out this window, and he says, I am the owner of the palace. You ever hear this Medrash before? Yeah. Okay? No. Well-known Medrash, classic Medrash. Now the question is this, yeah? What the Medrash mean? So this is what the Medrash means. And this is basically the punchline of today's year. Avramavinu is looking at the suffering. The palace is on fire. He's looking at the destruction of the world. And it goes against everything he knows about the world, which is namely that the world sustains life. This question is as follows. Watch the depth of this question. It's an amazing question. It's why external revelation is going to be critical. Because Avramavinu, you all asked me before, how did Avramavinu do it? Now here's how he did it, okay? He looked at everything that far he got. He couldn't comprehend how suffering is a part of it. Because... He said, by definition, the owner of the palace, God, the first cause, if he was creating a machine on purpose, right, he would have corrected course when it all went awry. Because he could not accept, we'll discuss why next year, because he couldn't accept the notion of a first cause that didn't know what was already going to happen. He couldn't accept the absurdity of your, of your postulation. Therefore, he said, I can't understand any of this without an external revelation. And it was at that point that God sticks his head out the window. We'll discuss what the answer is next year. And he says, I am the owner of the palace. In other words, if you're following what we're saying, this is the punchline of today's year. Internal revelation can get you only so far. It's not like the, it's not like the vacuum cleaner. I can take an inventory of all the talents and I can see that I'm here to sustain life. And yet, the problem is I can't comprehend human suffering within purpose. Therefore, external revelation is required. Any questions, you can ask me after she.